0: Koinonia, Christian Fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is community. And now, your
1: host, Tom Brown. Hey, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is not Tom Brown. My name is Jim Baugh. And I'm filling in for Tom Brown on uh, Koinonia, Faith Talk, 1360 AM. Tom is kibbutzing around the world. He's in Israel today, and he's asked me to uh, fill in for him. So it's an honor. I'm here with some uh, friends from ministry organization that I serve with, Global Training Network, and I'll introduce them to you in just a moment. But today, our purpose in getting together to talk is really about changing the world. Because God is on the move. I mean, I'm sure that you'd like to have some good news today, would you not? I mean, the gospel is good news, correct? But uh, the good news is, is that in spite of all the difficulties we see around us, I mean, there is a lot of pain and suffering, the refugee problems, the political problems that we see around the world, people in hunger, pain, difficulties... All over, we turn on the news and we get depressed, but today I hope you turn on 1360 AM Faith Talk and you're going to get impressed (laughs) with God's work around the world. Our ministry is with Global Training Network, and Global Training Network is a ministry organization that has a grand vision, and that grand vision is to equip and encourage thousands of indigenous church planners, pastors, and Christian leaders around the world in the years to come. And these pastors will, in turn, equip and encourage their congregation towards spiritual health, vibrancy, and multiplication. And this afternoon, I have uh, some staff members of Global Training Network. First, I'll introduce Wilf and Arlene Meads. Welcome to Faith Talk 1360 Koinonia. How are you both today? Doing great. Doing fine. Doing great. Well, it's wonderful to have you here. Good friends. And also, I have Miles Foggerly. Miles, great to have you here with us, too.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, and Wilf and Arlene are the senior staff at Global Training Network. They've been involved in Global Training Network ministry for
0: how long now? Let's see. It's been since 2006, so that makes 10 years. Yeah,
1: 10 years. be 10 years this year. And Miles is the newbie, yeah? Miles, when did you start Global Training Network?
2: Actually, I got officially accepted into the organization on October 6th.
1: All right. All right. So just a few weeks ago. Well, um, our backgrounds, basically this, we're all involved in pastoral ministry. We have uh, been for, I was involved in pastoral ministry for over 30 years. Miles, you've been involved in pastoral ministry and church leadership ministry for, like, since nursery. Am I right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I've been an elder at my church since 1985, and then on okay. staff for the past eight years.
1: Okay, wonderful. Past and what church is that?
2: Northwest Community Church at okay. 43rd Avenue and Bell Road.
1: All right. If any of you are listening from Northwest NCC, just uh, give us a shout out. But it's good to have you here. And Wolf and Arlene, you you both came out of ministry backgrounds as well. Wolf, tell me a little bit about yourself.
0: I've been in ministry for 30 plus years, like you, Jim. Yeah. And, and work, what, what area of ministry was that? Mostly working as a music and worship pastor in churches. Okay. okay. Shepherding people in, in the worship area.
1: Yeah, and you have a degree in something so so astounding that I had to go to class just to learn how to say it. What, what is that degree, <laughs> that doctorate? Well, that one is in musicology. Okay, musicology. And Arlene, you've been teaching. That's your specialty.
3: Right. I've had a love for children all my life, and before I had our own children— I was um, caring for young children, early childhood ed.
1: Okay. Well, listen, we're going to learn more from our Global Train Network staff, what God is doing around the world in just a few moments. So stay tuned. Just tuning in, you're listening to Coin E on Faith Talk, 1360 AM KPXQ. I'm Jim Ball, filling in for Tom Brown. Tom is in Israel today, and he'll be there for, I don't know how long, another nine days, seven days, something like that. But uh, we're keeping him in our prayer and thankful for his opportunity to walk where Jesus walked. Today, we're talking about changing the world and doing that through training and equipping indigenous leaders. To give you a little bit of encouraging news to all you listeners, I want you to know that true believers in Jesus Christ are growing worldwide. In fact, Christianity is the fastest growing faith in the world. Have you heard that on the news lately? Uh, You probably haven't. And the fact is, is that 75% of the believers on the earth no longer live in the West. They live in what's called, missionary terms, the majority world, which would be Africa, Asia, South and Central America, uh, growing exponentially in the Caribbean and so forth. Uh, and we have some guests here this afternoon who are with a ministry organization called Global Training Network. I happen also to be on staff with the Global Training Network. And what we do is train and equip indigenous Christian leaders so they can, in turn, reach their own people with the good news of Jesus. And uh, Wilf and Arlene, I know you're passionate about reaching and teaching, equipping leaders with the good news of Jesus. Uh, when did this call, this vision of equipping leaders, become overwhelmingly prominent in your life, where you knew you had to do something?
0: In uh, probably the year 2003 or four. I was working as a worship pastor in a church, and um, I realized that in the American church, there is an abundance of education and availability. Mm. We have Christian radio, which yeah. is what we're on today, and we have um, resources in terms of books and music and a lot of being fed to us as Christian believers in America. Right. But it weighed on my heart that the rest of the world did not have this opportunity that many pastors in foreign countries um, would be, would, they would come to know Jesus, and three months later, they would be the senior pastor of their church. Exactly.
1: In for, fact, in fact, here's a statistic: there's there's one pastor for every 250 people in the United States, and how many pastors are there for people around the world? One in 450,000. And you just brought up something phenomenal about guys who just come to know Jesus. They can read and they can speak. So they become what? You're our pastor, you are know? pastor. Exactly. Yeah, so this this burden broke your heart as, exactly. it did, as it did mine. Yeah.
0: And so I felt like I needed to take what God had blessed me with as far as my experience and training and background and then share that with the rest of the world to build the kingdom overseas. Yeah. To work in a way where we can empower one pastor who can touch a congregation of 50 or 100 people. But if we can empower 100 pastors, then all of a sudden we've exponentially multiplied to 1,000 or 10,000 people. You're thinking like Jesus. Amen? Amen. That's what Jesus... <laughs> that's why he said go and make...
1: Not build buildings. He said go and make disciples. Right? And Paul did the same thing in 2 Timothy two, where Paul says to Timothy, You guys want to chime in? You know, the things that you've heard from me, in the presence of faithful men and women, teach... Others, what? Also, so they can teach and continue the multiplying process. Mm-hmm. What area of the world, uh, will were you burdened with? And Arlene, I mean, chime in, too, because you're your team in this ministry.
3: Well, when we first began, we just said, Lord, take us where you want us to go. Yeah. And um, we began in Argentina. Just because that's the first door that opened.
1: I just returned from Argentina.
3: Did you? It's a great place. Isn't it's a beautiful it? place. Yeah. Beautiful
1: place. And God is moving powerfully. Praise the
3: Lord. Yeah. Praise the Lord. He then moved us on to Africa, and um,
1: what what areas of Africa have you
0: served?
3: Well, we've been to Uganda most. I mean, that's where mm-hmm. we've been the most. Mm-hmm. Um, the other countries.
0: Burkina Faso. I've had an mm-hmm. opportunity to. Uh, we've both been to Burkina Faso. Tell us where where is uh, exactly is Burkina Faso. So Burkina Faso, Faso is located in the west of Africa. Okay. And so it's over toward Ghana and the Ivory Coast. It's Liberia actually
1: Liberia and so forth. Yeah,
0: just it's a landlocked country north of Ghana. So it's B- very poor. Very poor. Very dry. Very hot, and the people suffer from a lot of poverty and pain. Okay. Yeah. So you
1: were able to go there. How, were you contacted by pastors there, or was did Global Training Network send you? Uh, how did that work?
0: Okay, so like a lot of things that happened for GTN staff people, God orchestrates stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, We're not program-oriented. <laughs> we're Holy Spirit-led oriented, right? And he opened some doors through yeah. some connections we made at a missions conference with... Um, An organization that was located there, and then when they found out that we were all about equipping and training pastors, they said, "Can you come?" And so we came, and and that's how the connection was made.
1: Incredible. Here's another statistic I know we all know about: is that the average pastor. This is according to John Stop Ministries. The average pastor in majority world context, uh, eighty. In fact, he says eighty-five percent of Pastors in majority world context, Africa, Asia, South Central America, have a grand total of six minutes of theological training and equipping for ministry. Now, uh, well, if you, you, you've gone back to school. Now, your wife has probably taken you to school because <laughs> her background is education. It, it was uh, early childhood development? Right. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you use this to minister to pastors' wives, to children, around the world as, as well. You equip and train pastors' wives. I want to talk about that in a moment. Okay. Yeah. So you went back to school after having a PhD, PhD in musicology, right? I just went to cemetery. I mean seminary. All right. <laughs> and I got my degree. But what what school did you? What
0: did you do? What well, did you do? Well, here's what happened. As we were working overseas and equipping and encouraging the pastors, I saw a lot of pain and suffering in the people around me, yeah. not just in the leaders but in, in the lay people that were a part of the conferences we would conduct. Mm. And um, it burdened my heart greatly that these people were hurting physically and n- didn't seem to have access to medical care. So they have access, but they don't have it anywhere like we do here in America. Right. And so I prayed about it and... Um, felt like God was calling me back to medical school, Mm -hmm. calling me to medical school. And so I went back to school, which happened to be medical school, and specifically naturopathic medical school. Because I believed that what I could learn by studying naturopathic medicine would be more connected to the work in an overseas country where there's a lot of grassroots connection with herbs and botanicals Mm -hmm. and that sort
1: of thing. They already utilize naturopathic treatment in some way, probably without... The truth behind it perhaps or exactly yeah okay exactly
0: okay so i went to school in 2010 and have recently graduated in july of 2014 with a naturopathic medical degree
1: awesome and you use that in uh do you have clinics as well as training pastors what's your goal in that
0: we have done some clinical work overseas but god is sort of calling us in a little different direction and what we're So our naturopathic, our use of medicine with Global Training Network has two facets. One is in America and one is overseas. Mm. When we go overseas, our concern is how we can impact the most number of people um, in the greatest way and make the biggest change. And we've decided that essentially when you can convince people and, and educate them about education on how to take care of food in the home okay how to prepare the food the importance of washing hands how to deal with communicable diseases like cholera or malaria yeah Mm -hmm. when you can train people with all this stuff you can prevent 70 to 80 percent of the problems rather than doing a curative treatment where you go in and you have sick people that need to be cured you go into the people that are the preventative right it's more of a preventive approach that's
1: and and we would call that in miss in missiological circles a holistic approach, exactly yeah, not only ministering to the spiritual needs of an individual or their intellectual needs for theological training, but also to their physical needs as well
0: right yeah, yeah. so the other facet in America is um, what we try what we do is we offer affordable naturopathic care for people. Mm. Uh, a lot of people are starting to have an interest in naturopathic treatment but they don't know where to go and they don't know where they can find it at a reasonable price so we offer that and then um i have a real burden for the physical health of american christians Mm. and i want to see see them improved and so we're developing a program called optimal health for life Mm. and it's basically to help christians become and enjoy optimal health awesome And so we're offering to people a a one-night speaking engagement or a one-day seminar or beyond that, like an eight-week program where they could engage in something that would help them to develop healthy habits for life so that we see permanent change.
1: Wonderful. I, I didn't know that. That's fantastic. Thank you for letting us know about that opportunity. And at the end of the program, we'll be giving some contact information. Okay? Arlene, share with me and with our audience about your your burden for training and equipping not only male leadership, training them in ministry, but predominantly pastors' wives and and family ministry.
3: Well, when we started traveling and, and training, it was obvious that the women came to the conferences and they would sit under the training, the great biblical training, but they needed more than that. They needed a sister to come along beside them and know that they were understood, and deal with some of their personal issues. And so that's what we started developing, was a ministry to the pastor's wives, and that included children um, were often there with them, and so we would get into how to deal with children, all the important things. And it also, we did train the pastors in these areas as well, because they are the model for the community, and so these families could model what Christ-filled family would look like.
1: And... and uh, the blessing of that you've had ladies with broken hearts who've been ministered to absolutely and tears have flown i i i know i've seen it you know
3: and healing has taken place yeah Uh, we do marriage training together and to see marriages healed Mm. just because they now understand god's biblical understanding of what a marriage should be yeah and that's very rewarding as well
1: well Just because we're in ministry doesn't mean that we don't have problems,
3: yeah? Absolutely.
1: I appreciate uh, your time sharing. In the the next segment, I'm going to be talking with Pastor Miles and his ministry focus, and we'll round some things up, talk a little bit more. But uh, you're listening to Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Hold on and come back, and we'll be here in just a few minutes. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Faith Talk on uh, AM th- 1360 KPXQ, the show Koinonia. I'm glad to be here. My name is Jim Bond. I'm filling in for Tom Brown, who is now walking the streets of Jerusalem. Uh, he's uh, taken a, a team of folks over there, and they're enjoying the uh, opportunity to see. Have any of you uh, guys who are on my show, the program here this afternoon. Have, have any of you been to Jerusalem?
2: Have it's, you been to Israel? It's on my bucket
1: list, Okay, but I it's haven't on been the there yet. List. All right. Well, it's on Miles' bucket list. And uh, joining us today in uh, in uh, Koinonia are staff members from Global Training Network. My name is Jim Baugh, and uh, I'm filling in for Tom. I'm also on staff of the Global Training Network, and uh, Global Training Network exists to train and equip indigenous Pastors around the world who then in turn can train and equip their own people. Now, Miles, you've been involved as an engineer for a number of years. This is uh, Miles Foggerly, also on staff with Global Training Network. He's the newbie on staff, just joined uh, about, what, two weeks ago, something like that. But uh, when that word indigenous is brought up, how, how do you
2: define indigenous? Indigenous pastors would be those who are native to the countries in which they live. And in the majority world countries that you mentioned before, you know, the countries of Asia, Africa, Latin America, the indigenous pastors are the ones that the missionaries go to reach and train and equip. And then they have the responsibility then to spread the gospel among their own people. Right. And they have the language... They know the customs, the cultures. Uh, they have
1: a web of influence. I mean, it's said that the uh, average pastor in the world uh, has an influence over at least 100 people, uh, list right, we could right. say, mm-hmm. of 100 people. So if I'm able to train and equip one indigenous leader, I'm able to effect perhaps 100, maybe even more people with the training that that pastor has received. That's why we believe that training uh, leaders is the key to reaching the world and changing the world for Christ. Over the last 10 years, Global Training Network has equipped over 200, I think now the number is about 230,000 pastors and leaders around the world. And that means if the 1 to 100 ratio is consistent, Miles, that means that Global Training Network has impacted directly impacted over 23 million people uh, with the ministry of the gospel over the last 10 years. So tell me about your vision, your calling in ministry, and how in the world did you come out of engineering into missioneering? Uh, is, that a, is that a word? That's a word. <laughs> That's a word. All right. <laughs> tell, us, tell us a little bit about your story.
2: Well, I had the honor and privilege of growing up in a missionary family. Really? What, what area of the world? My parents were missionaries in the two islands of the Caribbean, Barbados and Grenada. Wow. So I had the privilege of growing up in a missionary kid's family on a beautiful tropical island, Grenada. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hard duty, but someone had to be there.
1: And you came from the beautiful tropics of Grenada to the desert landscape of what city?
2: Well, my parents were from Arizona. So after I graduated from college with an engineering degree, I found myself back in Phoenix where I'd started.
1: All right, all right. And went to high school at Cassie Grand High School. I, what's the mascot yes. for high, for Cassie Grand? You Cougars. Were, the Cougars, of yes. course,
2: of course. Well, that's one of my secret questions. I probably shouldn't have said that.
1: <laughs> well, listen, it, and God continued to work in and through your life. You taught perspectives, course. Uh, but you were also involved in uh, the ministry and life of the president of Global Training Network, Paul Madsen. Sure, sure a little bit about that
2: yeah my wife and i soon after we were married started attending a church northwest community church yeah. 43rd avenue bell road and we started attending in 1978 and interestingly enough a young man from the church was put on the church staff in 1979 i believe as a youth pastor and his name was paul madsen and he had another brother named joel madsen who was also on staff at the church so we got to know them paul Felt God calling him to be a church planter and a a senior pastor. So our church sent him off to seminary, Western Seminary, where he got his degree. Came back to the city of Phoenix, and then Northwest Community Church put together a hundred or 150 people and sent them off together with Paul to plant a new church, which was New Life Community Church, which he pastored then for about 15 years. So I've tracked with the founder of this ministry, Paul Madsen. Or, well, ever since 1979. All
1: right, so quite a while. Uh, we will we will add up how many years that <laughs> is now because that was four. We were 14 or 15 when that started. I know, at Miles. Least. Yeah, at least. So. Right. But anyways, I, I it's interesting because uh, of of the the tracking here. Um, you considered you retired from your engineering uh, job, and you considered or were planning to join Global Training Network in the year 2007, is that correct?
2: Yeah, when I was 45, I kind of was challenged to lay out a timeline of my life and the significant events and where God might be taking me in the future is an exercise that the elders of our church went through. And I felt God speaking to me about leaving engineering at age 55 to become serving in some area of missions ministry. Mm. So when I retired in 2007, I was planning to join some mission organization, and I'll tell you, Global Training Network was right at the top of my list. But God had another plan, and he detoured me into being on staff at my church for seven, eight years. And then at the end of that time, he's now taken me back to what I thought was my original destination. So I'm back on on track now with Global Training Network.
1: All right. So you served seven years as a pastor in a local church, and now that that burden or that vision uh, is going to come to its full fruition. And I was very interested in talking with Miles because he told me that even prior to coming on staff with GTN, the passion of, of training and equipping indigenous leaders has always been at the foundation of your of, of the heartbeat of your life and you've been involved in training pastors in what country even uh... countries even before coming on staff with gtn
2: well as i grew up and i saw my father discipling the indigenous pastors of the island of Grenada. what
1: a great model
2: and training and equipping them to become pastors of local churches that just kind of stuck with me even though god led me into engineering Mm. and at northwest community church i served on the missions committee and then i've served as the missions chairman since nineteen eighty seven And our church felt the imperative of planting churches and then training and equipping national indigenous pastors to grow their churches to become healthy and to plant new churches because that's how the gospel is multiplied through church planting movements within the indigenous populations. And so our church was involved in pastors' conferences in India, in Peru, in Nigeria I also had the opportunity to do training in Mexico. And so while I was on the staff of a major aerospace company here in the Valley, I was also being blessed and seeing the benefits and the opportunities for training the indigenous pastors in multiple countries.
1: Mm. That's wonderful. And and a couple of the countries that stand out, one is is Peru, Peru right? Yes. And, God God and, has
2: blessed us with a relationship with an, a native of Peru, a Quechua man who came to the U.S. for Bible training, mm. started attending our church. We actually baptized him, we discipled him, and we sent him back to be a church planter and an equipper in his own country, mm. and then we've tracked with him ever since. We brought him back for more discipleship, we ordained him, mm. and we went, we've gone multiple times down to do pastor's training conferences in Peru where the church is growing. there. This group of indigenous churches is ad- adding over a church every week through That's incredible. sending out teams. And the, as you said, if a person can read and they have a Bible, they're probably going to become the pastor of, of, of the church in their community because there are not many people that can read and have a Bible.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, you know, here's some interesting statistics, and, and hopefully this will be a great encouragement to the listening audience. Every day in Africa according to some missiological reports, over 10,000 people meet Jesus every day. Uh, Every day in South America, same statistic, uh, over 10,000 people. Every day in India, 35,000. And we're going to talk a little bit about India, 35,000 people. Every day in China, 50,000 people. Now, people may listen and say, well, what's the need? What's the need for missionaries if, if these folks are doing it? This is the work of God, and the need the need is to train and equip leaders so they can minister, shepherd, care for, and teach the truth of the Word of God to the people that they're reaching with the gospel. Uh, do any of you know the story Paul has told, our president, uh, about catching that vision to train leaders? You, you know that story, Miles, and it was in northern India. Yes. You want to share that story?
2: Well, Paul went through a class that I helped coordinate called Perspectives on the World Christian Movement, and it talked about the importance of spreading the gospel to the unreached peoples, the peoples who've never had a church planted among them. And So when Paul became a pastor of a church, they started this missions endeavor of having the Jesus film translated into the language of an unreached people group of about a million people. And... The Jesus film teams went throughout the, the the region planning you know making believers and planning churches, but then the churches didn 't have trained pastors right and so Pastor Paul and his church people started going over and trying to train pastors and It was out of that that he saw the need and he caught the vision of this is happening all around the world, yeah, and these men are in charge of congregations, but they hardly know anything about the bible and they need desperately good sound doctrine sound teaching uh good methodology as a pastor and so that became Paul's passion and so he left his church uh what was it 11 12 years ago now to start global training network yeah
1: exactly that's 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 exactly what the story is and each one of us have experienced that same vision that same passion call of god i didn't even know global training network existed and my wife and I were praying. I believe God was leading us in a different direction. And she said, can, can you tell me what it is? I said, it, it's hard for me to put it into words. And she said, just, if you had a blank check, what would it be? I said, I would love to train and equip indigenous leaders around the world so they can reach their own people with the good news of Jesus. And then I had an opportunity to be, get reacquainted with Paul. We went to college together. I said, Paul, what's the vision of Global Train Network? He said, our vision It's to train and equip indigenous leaders so they can in turn reach others, reach their own people with the good news of Jesus. Listen, God is doing a great work in the world, and he's doing it contrary to what you hear on CNN. Is CNN the Christian? No, it's not the Christian News Network. I'm sorry. God is doing a work, and I want you to be encouraged with what he's doing. But like Miles, you may be an engineer out there and say, how could I be... A, a part of what God's doing. Hold on, come back, and you'll find out how you can participate in God's work. Hey, welcome back to Coin and Neon Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Jim Baugh, I'm filling in for Tom Brown, and today we are talking about changing the world. Would you like to see the world changed? I know I would. Ultimately... The, the world changer will be when the Lord Jesus himself returns. The Bible tells us that uh, he, he promised, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger said, I'll be back, but Jesus said it first, and Jesus is coming back. I hope you believe that and are encouraged by that truth because the New Testament continues to reiterate it. But until the time that he comes, he left us with some commands. You know, he said uh, when he first called the disciples in Matthew chapter 4, He said, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. In other words, you'll be fishing for men to follow Christ. You'll be making disciples. The very last command that Jesus gave in Matthew 28 and then Acts 1-8, Matthew 28 was go into all the world and make disciples of every nation, every ethnic group. And in Acts 1-8, Jesus said, you shall be my what? Witnesses. Witnesses, both Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, if you're just joining us in our program, uh, we're all—all all of the uh, participants in the program this afternoon—are from Global Training Network, a ministry organization that exists to train and equip indigenous leaders around the world who can, in turn, reach their own people with the good news of Jesus Christ overcoming the language barriers, the custom barriers, the culture barriers, because they grew up and are part of that, that culture, and they're reaching their own people. Uh, Global Training Network started as a ministry about 11 years ago, and it's grown to over, I think we have about 95 staff now, training pastors in over 72 countries around the world. Yeah, so our guests, uh, if, uh, again, if you are just joined us, Wolf and Arlene Meads. Great to have you this hour. Also, Miles uh, Fargerly, we're all with Global Training Network. I'm Jim Baugh, and uh, I want to hear from Wilf and Arlene. Our last segment, we talked about, you know, folks participating uh, in the process of changing the world. I mean, we're not sitting in our ivory radio station here saying, yes, we're the only ones whom God <laughs> can use to train and equip leaders. I think we all agree that God can use uh, any brother or sister who loves the Lord Jesus to train and equip leaders with the gifts, skills, or the skill set that God has given them. Would you not all agree?
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Wolf and Arlene, what areas of ministry do you have coming this next year, and uh, what are some possible ways that listeners could contact you and say, I'd love to have a." a mission ministry experience to train and equip leaders are there any that are out there
3: well the most recent um country of our focus is haiti and we would think that because it's so close it's well cared for but there is still great great need there Mm. and my area that god has put a passion in my heart for is for the children of haiti and not to work with them directly but to do work with the leaders of children, which would be teachers, school teachers. It would be um, people that work within the church with the children. And so we take training courses over to work directly with the teachers. Oh, wonderful. And we would love to have fellow teachers, those that are gifted in the area, that have a passion to encourage the teachers of Haiti
1: to participate. So if a listener has, maybe they're a retired teacher, and they have teaching skills, gifts, and they'd love to be able to go and train uh, other Christian leaders how to reach children, how to minister to children. Have have you folks seen this in your travels around the world that oftentimes in the church, outside the United States, children are forgotten?
2: <laughs> That's very true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> share, share how. what How have you seen that, Miles?
2: Well, the men will be gathered getting training sometimes if we really have a good conference we can have some of the women but the children uh they're just left to fend for themselves they're <laughs> left to play out on the streets or in their villages if the pastors are from rural villages and there's very little thought in terms of a children's ministry of teaching them about jesus
1: yep that's that's so true i remember in rwanda uh they had a it was a it was a fairly large building church and we had uh provided training for about 50 pastors. And uh, church service came, and all the adults were on the inside, but the kids were just outside playing. Nothing for youth, nothing for children. You know, what are some other opportunities that lie ahead that folks might be involved with? One of the things
0: that we do is we train local people in basic preventive health care. And so one of the opportunities that we have is for Americans who have experience with healthcare care in any of the fields there there are many different fields uh, physical therapy or um, occupational therapy or people who just have a background in medicine to come along and say, "I can help to train these people and so we're always open to those opportunities too
1: yeah, wonderful and and even you know I've had people come and say, "Can I just carry your bags for you you know <laughs> um, but uh, if you have a servant's heart. And you want to come and be a part, help set up, help distribute materials, just help love on pastors and their wives and their children. Maybe even go and provide childcare uh, uh, during a time of training. I mean, these are opportunities that every listener out there today can come and participate in and be a part of God's solution. To change the world with the truth. You know, of Jim,
0: news of Jesus. let me throw this in here. One of GTN's primary, two, two primary words are equipping and encouraging. Yeah. And we understand what it is to equip and train a pastor. But we often forget that these pastors are discouraged mm. and they, have a, they live a hard life. They do. And someone that just, like you mentioned, can come along and love them and encourage them is almost as valuable as the training part of it. And I love that GTN believes in both of those words. Amen. Truth
1: that is, is not only telt, but felt, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and, and you've hit on something really important, uh, Will, really important, is that many pastors around the world are working two to three jobs mm-hmm. just to provide food for their family. And then they have the call and the responsibility of growing church, of growing church, of people coming to Christ, being, uh, you know, having to disciple them, train them. Uh, and then uh, it, it's just they, they can be overwhelmed with the burden. And also you mentioned uh, ministry to, to couples. Um, we have exported that ideal that ministry is more important than family mm-hmm. oftentimes. And we know that that's not true. I mean, God created... Family before he started ministry in the in the garden. We can read it in the first few chapters of the book of Genesis (laughs) God created the family first and so uh, uh, All these things are so Powerfully encouraging to pastors and leaders Talk a little bit about uh, about this year ahead and what God has for you miles What what do you see ahead in ministry this year?
2: my area of greatest passion I believe is India I started going to India when I was still an engineer working for the aerospace company, and we had an engineering office in India, and I started traveling a couple of times a year there to work with the engineers. And then the last year, I've been on three different pastors training conferences, actually training the same group of pastors three times. And Lord willing, I'm planning to go back next year four times do four different tr- conferences Most Wonderful, yeah. a second year for some of the people that have been through the first year and then begin again with a new group of pastors India is a country that has I just read this over 400 million people who have never heard the two words Jesus Christ mm. they've never heard the name of Jesus Christ and so less than 2% are believers so training and equipping those pastors who are believers and helping them become sound doctrinally and, and yes. good in their practices and able to teach scriptures to inspire and grow and mature their ch- the ch- church members to become followers of Christ and disciples of others is just an overwhelming need it, Paul saw it in one part of India, there are just so many parts of India that are just like that. Yeah, The it, Church is exploding but it's starting from a very small number but those people, they just need to know how to teach the word of God, how to make disciples, mm-hmm. pass these things on to faithful people who will teach them, teach other faithful people, and that's really a passion of mine. Yeah. So you'll be going to India. Do you have a time frame? Lord willing, we've got trips planned for January, April, and then August and November. Okay.
1: And often uh, with Global Training Network, we go back to the same pastors and leaders and provide almost like a TEE, or theological education by extension model, in which we're bringing Bible training to them on a regular basis. Um, sometimes it's a two-year process if they really wanna be uh, you know, strategic and laying out the process, and sometimes it's as need. Uh, we, we always work under the direction of the indigenous leadership. So uh, Wolf and Arlene, what, what do you have coming up this year?
3: We'll be returning to Haiti Mm
1: -hmm.
3: in January, likely April, possibly June, and then October.
1: So you've really made a focus on Haiti. I I know this in in reading your prayer uh, focuses and letters and so forth, as well as providing training, health clinics, uh, equipping pastors and leaders, uh, teachers. Yeah, yeah. So um, the team asked me on break, you know, Jim, what are you going to be doing? Well, um, I'm... uh, I'm going to be heading to Ukraine uh, in December. You know, Ukraine has been the focus of uh, quite catastrophic uh, political, geopolitical war, all this stuff on the eastern side. And so um, we've been working, I've been working with this local church, young pastor, Ukrainian pastor, who's, uh, he's a son now, but has no real training uh, other than, some uh, Schofield notes training, I think they call it. And uh, so we've been providing training. They have a discipleship camp, and uh, we have a whole host of new believers who come for discipleship, leadership training. That's coming up uh, in December. Uh, also, heading to Indonesia. Uh, Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world, and uh, we'll be providing training for pastors and leaders in Indonesia. Argentina, going back, Uh, a lot of wonderful stuff. We are uh, talking about how to change the world, and I hope that you've gained some uh, insights on how to change the world, be a part of what God is doing to change the world. Uh, In our next segment, we're going to give some information on how to get in contact with us through the Ministry of Global Training Network. And if God is speaking to your heart, tugging in your heart a little bit about... uh, using your skill set to equip, to encourage pastors and leaders. Uh, We'd like you to tune in because we'd love to get in contact with you. See if uh, you might be able to go with us to change the world, to equip leaders one at a time. So we're going to go to break and we'll be right back. Join us. Faith Talk 1360, Koinonia. Hey, thanks again for listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I have had a great time guest hosting for Tom Brown today. If you'd like to reach me, you may call me at, I'll give you my number, 480-231-7382. And uh, we can talk a little bit more about Ministry of Global Training Network as well as uh, get you in contact with uh, our folks who joined us today. Global Training Network's office line is 623-217-3867. If you'd like to contact uh, Global Training Network on the web, look at globaltrainingnetwork.org. And Wolf and lead means if somebody would love to get in contact with you, how would they do it?
0: We can be reached at my email address which is W M E E D S, my first initial and last name. Say, w- that,
1: say that one more time.
0: W M E E D S at Gmail dot com. Okay. And we'd love to be inter- you know, if people are interested in just getting um involved with naturopathic health for themselves individually or for a church they can contact us because our ministry is to the american christian all right as well as to the christians overseas and if they're interested in opening the conversation and being involved in a team that would be the way to get us wmeads at gmail.com great and you're heading to haiti january
1: january all right and miles how would they contact you
2: I just got an email today from the business administrator of GTN saying my photo and contact information is now on the globaltrainingnetwork.org website. Okay. All so right. that would probably be a good way to uh, contact me or to learn more about Global Training Network.
1: Yeah, you can go on the Global Training Network site. That's again, globaltrainingnetwork.org. Click on staff, uh, and uh, our beautiful photos will be there. And you can click on that and you can send us emails. You can uh, get in contact with us that way. My email address is G T N. that's B-A-U-G-H, J-I-M-B-A-U-G-H, G-T-N at gmail.com. So we look forward to talking to you and hopefully seeing you on the radio. <laughs> that's not original with me. In uh, uh, Next time. And Tom... Shalom, my brother. Have a great time in, in, in Israel and uh, walk in the feet steps of Jesus our Lord. May God bless you. Thanks for joining us at 1360 Koinonia KPXQ. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.